Malachi chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much. I'm very sorry. I thought we were going to have a cut. I'm reading. Uh, forgive me. Verse 6. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into the bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, and I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. This is God's word, and we believe it. You may be seated. Last night, um, it was like 5 p.m., and uh, we all got that emergency alert that uh, the air was unsafe. And so we thought, well, you know what? We better put something out there, you know, uh, to let people know, don't feel bad. If you need to, if you need to stay home and, and be safe, that's completely fine. Um, but you know what? I was looking at the, uh, you know, all the smoke in the air last night, and um, it can maybe for some of us it kind of made us feel a little gloomy, even just to see it. Maybe it was a little darker. The, the um, just the light outside was a bit dimmer, and it reminded me a lot of the presence of God, but not the smoke itself. Because when I looked up, even though the smoke was thick, that sh- the sun was still shining through. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness is around us, God's light shines through. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we, we got to be here. And for those of you who are joining online, we miss you very much today. Okay. I have a jar here. Just normal jars, nothing special about it. And then, yes, woohoo, go. Yes, a jar, yes. Um, and then I was trying to find like ping pong balls, but instead we got plastic Easter eggs. Um, but whatever works, right? We're in the Salvation Army. Whatever works. And so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to fill this jar until it's full. All right. So the jar is full now, yes? Jars full? All right. Is there a little space there? No. Yeah, no, we're not putting the whole jar in. No, that's crazy. We'll fill it until it's, uh, until it's full. You can fill a lot of stuff in this little jar. I promise, Major Ken, we will vacuum the carpet when we're done. All right. So, uh, it's full now. It's full now. Okay. Okay. All right. It's he's Ian said it's full, so it's full.
more? Full enough. Anyone got some water with them? Anyone got a water bottle? You got a water bottle? I knew somebody would. Yet, yeah, no, I don't want tea. All right, well, that's okay. You're right. You could probably still put some stuff in here. It's amazing. We could probably keep going smaller and smaller and smaller. I was thinking water off the top of my head it probably would be really easy to fit in there. Um, so let's look at these, these three things in here. First, we have the Easter eggs. Um, you can do this at home or, or ping pong balls or whatever. Um, but we have these Easter eggs here first. They represent God. They represent our relationship with God. And it's the first thing in there. It's the most important. So we put that in there first. And then we, we go the next size down to the pebbles. The pebbles are also really important, but they're not as important as God. You can think of, uh, you know, friends, family, our health, things like that. Those are really important, but not quite as important as God. And then we go down to the sand, which is everything else. It's the things we don't really need. Some of those objects, you know, like a, maybe a, a, a car or, or, or a house. Um, and even our material possessions, the things that we like, they're not necessarily wrong, but they're not things that we need. And see, what would happen if we put the sand in first and maybe then the pebbles? What would happen to the Easter egg? No room for God. There would be no room for God, that's right. There would be no room. The Easter eggs have to go in first. And today, we're talking about priorities, about how God should be the first and foremost priority in our life. And you're right. If we put did any other order, the Easter eggs wouldn't fit. And essentially, God wouldn't fit in there. And if God is our first and foremost priority, then we are looking really good for the future. But if he's not, then maybe that's a question we start to ask ourselves today. And the question for us as we... Uh, spend some more time together here this morning is to ask ourselves, what are my priorities right now? Where are my priorities at? Do I need to change? An important question that we shouldn't just be asking ourselves today, but probably every day. Um, so there's a really great story. Uh, thank you, Major Newt, for reading that. There's a great story in Haggai, uh, who we don't know a lot about, other than uh, these couple of chapters that, uh, that Haggai gives us, but they are some great stories. In chapter one, it's all about priorities, and we're going to look at that today. And then chapter two is all about encouragement. Two really great stories, but today we look at this first chapter. A little bit of uh, background as far as uh, where, uh, or sorry, when this is happening. Um, the Israelites have been brought out of exile from their slavery in Babylon. And now God is telling them that they need to start to rebuild and recommit themselves to God. They need to rebuild the temple. The problem is, is that their priorities aren't exactly lining up. Their Easter eggs are not in the jar first. So we'll just start on verse 1. In this... ...through the prophet Haggai. 
Jael, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judea, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. And so what we have here going on is that the word of the Lord has come to Haggai, our prophet. And Haggai is speaking to these really important key leaders over Israel. Zerubbabel in leading the Israelites out of their exile. And then we know that the governor of Judea and Joshua, the high priest, these are key leaders with a lot of influence over the people uh, that they work with every single day. And so Haggai's message at this moment is directly being um, told these leaders. This is what he says, um, going on verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Is it a time, though, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. We'll stop right there. You know, sometimes I wonder if our priorities are not always where they should be. I wonder if at every single moment is God first and foremost. I want to do it uh, at any one point in time. Maybe one of us have gone looking for our fulfillment. Maybe we've, we've tried to glorify God in, in the wrong ways. Sometimes we go looking for fulfillment in the world. Right? We look for all those material possessions to, to kind of fill maybe empty spots in our own hearts. It's kind of like what Haggai is saying right here. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat, but you never drink, but never have your fill. I wonder if it's like that for any of us at times. Have we ever decided uh, that maybe something in our life was more important? Like, uh, you know, I know, I know kiddos today, they love cell phones. And so I wonder, maybe for any of us, or uh, if we, do we have any objects like that in our own life? that become more important than God. That's what Haggai is saying here. You go looking for all these things to try to, to fill yourself up and to find that fulfillment, but it never actually works out. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. I, it reminds me of, of what Jesus said in Matthew 6. You can't serve two masters. You either put God first or you don't. Um, now, I don't know uh, about everyone in the room, um, but I'm a big sports fan. I really enjoy it. Um, I think football starts today. Actually, a game started on Thursday, but all the other games start today. Probably a pretty exciting time for some people. Um, but maybe some of us in the room have other interests um, with maybe movies or TV show series or a book that we just can't put down. Um, but for me, it's sports. And I, I really like it. And there was a time in my life where it was the only important thing. Have I put holes in walls before in my teenage years? 
Yes, I put two holes in walls in my teenage years. Did my parents make me patch those two holes? Yes, they did. There was a time where sports was unhealthily too important to me. I remember sitting in the Anchorage Corps as a teenager and putting my phone on the pew, on the little Bible pocket, sitting on top of the Bible with the game on. I know. I don't do that anymore. So I say. I promise, I promise. The point is that sometimes we put those things in front of God. We put other things first and foremost. But the problem is we never really find any fulfillment in the world. We can only find that in Christ. And sometimes we think we're glorifying God, but our priorities are all mixed up. You know, these Israelites, I wonder if there was probably a moment where they didn't really think anything was wrong. But Haggai had to tell them, no, God is asking you to rebuild the temple and you are sitting here with your paneled houses. I'll explain what that is here in a minute. But you're just sitting here not doing anything. You're not giving anything to God. And sometimes that's our problem. I really, really like that verse there. I think it really sums up what today's. While this house remains a ruin. A paneled house. Uh, some people think that it's more of a, you know, is it just a rich house? Is it something really fancy? Um, some people argue that no, it's just somebody has taken a lot of time paneling their house, making it really nice and cozy. And sometimes we try to do that with our own lives. Is it our house that we're going to put first? Or is it God's house and his kingdom first? that's the whole, that's the, the title of today's message, Our House or His House. Let's continue on. Let's see what else Haggai has to, or God has to say through Haggai um, on verse 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. He says it again. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops, I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Some really important stuff here uh, to keep in mind. Uh, olive oil, wine, grain was essential to this early uh, Israelite uh, economy, if you will. Essential. This is what was... Uh, keeping them prosperous during this time. And God is, is taking it away. The other side of this is sometimes our priorities um, aren't necessarily focused on material items, but sometimes we focus on our own achievements, our goals, our own desires, what we want. But we always forget, or sorry, I shouldn't say always, but sometimes we forget that we should be thinking about what God wants and how God wants to direct us. And when God wants something. I wonder if we have ever not asked God those questions. 
verse 9, remember it says, uh, he said, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. And sometimes when our, our own wants and our desires, our own goals and achievements, when we, when we don't measure up to that, when things don't go according to plan, we get frustrated, we get mad. When we don't meet our own goals or when something doesn't happen the way that we were expecting it to happen. Maybe we prayed, God, I really want this to happen. Uh, I need it to happen. I need to get a million dollars. But you're not doing it yet. What's the problem here? Why aren't you answering my prayers? And sometimes our, our priorities are just confused. We should be thinking about, God, what do you want? How do you want to direct me? When do you want this to happen, Lord? If you want it to happen, open the doors. If you don't, Lord, please close the doors. I wonder if we started every prayer like that, how different things would be for us. I wonder if we truly put God first when we are making decisions, when we're praying over uh, what we think is right or what direction we should be in. I wonder if we always put God first, how many challenges would we avoid? How many challenges would we avoid if that was the case? I imagine the Israelites were, were pretty upset with God when their, when their crops were, were failing, when they weren't able to, uh, to make olive oil, when the ground was, just wasn't working with them. They were so, probably so frustrated. God, why aren't, what are you doing? What are you doing? I wonder how different our perspective and what kind of directions and decisions we would make if God was our first priority. And it's tough. It really is. Especially when we're walking in the midst of hardship, when we are struggling, when we're in pain. It's even harder than it seems sometimes. But I wonder if the direction we went in was the one that God wanted us in if he was the one that we were prioritizing? I wonder if some of that pain God would start to take away on his shoulders. I wonder what it would be like. I I love asking that question to myself. So I know I'm saying it a lot, but I really, really love it. I wonder what it would be like if I did this. Would things be different? Would God become because that's what God wants for the Israelites. He doesn't want them to be suffering. He doesn't want them uh, to be in any kind of pain or hardship. But I tell you what, when we don't prioritize God, that's when we start to make our most mistakes. And for, for all those of us right here, it's up to us to start getting this right. Because that's something that our world desperately needs to hear right now. That it has to be God first. And if we don't have that right, we cannot expect anyone else to get it right. It is up to us. I, uh, I had a friend um, with, with a little puppy. He was like five months old. It was very, very cute. Little golden retriever puppy um, back in Alaska. It was the cutest thing in the world. And usually I hate dogs when they like lick my face. It's horrible. But this dog, I would let lick my face all day because it was just the cutest little thing ever. Um, and so this dog, though, unfortunately, was very sick at such a young age. 
and it, and it was hard. We, we know for those of us who have pets, they become part of the family. And so it was really hard on him. And um, I knew him from growing up with him in, in, in church. And just a great guy, great soul. But he, he started to walk away from God. Uh, his life really, God was not even probably a priority at all. Um, but I remember um, being with him while his uh, puppy's on the table and they're about to um, put the dog to sleep. And of course, uh, yeah, mom's crying, he's crying, his two kiddos are crying. And it, it just seems like it was about to be the end of the world. And I remember for a second, he started uh, just getting really angry, saying, God, this is your fault. You make everything horrible. And I, my heart was just breaking. My heart was breaking. Um, and so we go through that tough day, and um, a couple of weeks rolls by, and he calls me and he says, you know, I really shouldn't have said those things. You know, uh, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, this, this situation, I wouldn't have prayed probably in years, and he hadn't in years. It, I guess it was the first time that he had even communicated with God in years. And I was thinking, man, what a tough situation to reconnect you with God, but sometimes that's how it is. We get so angry with God when things don't go our way, but if he was the first priority, maybe we would be quicker to understand that God is trying to lead us back to him and something much, much greater than what we're experiencing right now. I can tell you that because of that moment, because of that, uh, even that little connection that he had praying for his dog, himself, his wife, and his two kiddos are in love with the Lord to this day. I see on Facebook at least once a day something about them just praising God. And so even though that situation was rough, and, and sometimes for us it's rough, sometimes we, we go through these challenges, but when, if we make God our first priority... He shows us the direction. He shows us what the next steps are. But we've got to give it to him, and we've got to serve him first before anything else. Again, I ask, I wonder, if the Israelites had figured that out, maybe they wouldn't be in such a, this huge challenge, uh, suffering here, wondering what is going on. Let's pick up on verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shittil, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the message of the prophet Haggai, because the, the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Amen. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shutiel, governor of Judea, the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Love that last of the line. It was, this was such a critical point for Israel. Where even though they were, they were challenging, they were suffering, they were not putting God first, they learned. Um, and we don't really know between 11 and 12. We, we just get this transition to uh, they are starting to understand that they've got to put the Lord first. 
because that's really the only way to love and mercy is when we truly uh, put God first and we seek him out before anything else. And I love this recording that uh, the last thing that uh, Haggai had to say in this chapter was on the 24th day of the sixth month. This was the day they started putting God first. Awesome. I really love that. Um, so I want to flip a little bit over to another story as an example of scripture. Uh, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the toughest of situations. And, and if you recall in that scripture, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to throw you in the furnace. You're going to die. You're going to burst into flames, and there's not going to be any escape. And they say, no, 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 King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to bow down to you. That is silly. The Lord God can save us. And even if he doesn't, we are still going to praise him. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could get to that point where uh, even if we are not, you know, completely sure what God's going to do, we are still praising him. We are still giving it to him and putting him first because he has the power to answer any prayer. He has the power uh, to restore us from any kind of sin or mistake. But even if he doesn't, he is still worthy of praise. He is still worthy of praise. I want to have that confidence and trust in God. And God is my priority like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amazing. Even when we are uh, far away from God, though, even when we have uh, pulled away, as unfortunate as that is. And actually, Ian, do you want to come up and, and play the piano for us for the altar call? Thank you. Even when we pull away from God, even when it is uh, a time in our life where we just can't see him, or we're struggling to feel his presence, remember this from verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. It's never God uh, who, who pulls away from us. It's never God who gives on, up on us. It's, it's us that pull away. It's us that struggle. It's us that, that confuse our priorities. It's never God. And it's amazing to think that we are God's first priority. Just know that his hand is reaching out to each one of us right now. And if God is, is maybe he's not the priority right now. You have the chance this morning, as the piano music plays, and as the Spirit of God is definitely here in this place this morning, you have another opportunity to reach out your hand to God. And to make sure that when we leave this building, that he is the first priority. Because there's no fulfillment in the world. There's no fulfillment in, in our own achievements or what we think we want. There's only fulfillment in giving it completely to Christ. Hmm. Some of the hardest struggles that people endure. <laughs> 2020 has been a, a year of struggles for so many people. 
I know that some of us struggle. Today, don't miss out on the opportunity and waste the opportunity to make God your first and foremost. He leads you to green pastures. His direction is one worth walking. You may think you know better, but the truth is none of us do. It's God who knows. Will it be our house that we put first? Or is it going to be God's house that we put first? Are we going to be like the Israelites and, and start uh, making sure that uh, everything for us is nice and comfy? Or do we give it all to God and grow the kingdom that lasts forever? So thanks for all of us to think about this morning. And I just uh, encourage you just to take the next few moments just to spend it with God. In spirit. Lord, we thank you that you never leave us. That you are with us, God. We fail on our own. We make countless mistakes because, Lord, we're imperfect. And God, we desperately need you. We desperately need you. God, may we grab a hold of your hand. God, may we put you first. We're tired of following a world that is full of chaos. We're tired of following, you know, just these simple objects that have no meaning in our life. We're tired of trying to follow what we think we know is best. Lord, help us to follow you. Your spirit is the one that guides us to a path of peace, uh, guides us to a path of love, to righteousness, God, to, to your kingdom. Lord, may you open the doors that you want us to walk through and may you close the doors that Satan is trying to open. And we rebuke him. Lord, we don't, we don't we want to follow you. That's what we want to do, God. That's our desire. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you, and it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.